Hello, everybody. Welcome to Terrace Talk. Norwich City are back. The international break is over. We can look forward to championship football once again. Of course, Norwich travel to Middlesbrough. Both teams in a pretty good um, vein of form at the moment, you have to say. So this one potentially could be a very mouthwatering clash. I'm delighted to be joined by Sam Seaman, Norwich City fan and Chris Cassidy of uh, Borough which is a Middlesbrough fan site. Um, Sam, let's let's start with you. How have you found this international break? I guess the highlight from a Norwich City perspective, is probably Kenny McLean's Scotland qualification. Yeah, I was a bag of nerves when he stepped up for that penalty. Uh, I, was, I was just thinking, what's he going to be like for Norwich for the rest of the season if he's uh, responsible for you know <laughs> for them losing the shootout? But I was relieved when he scored and I didn't really care after that. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was good, yeah. Yeah, I, I have to admit, I was doing the uh, the report for our websites and um, newspaper and, and whatnot. I think I think that copy changed about six times, probably in the last ten minutes of of that yeah. and the Northern Ireland game combined. But uh, no, it was, it was good for for Kenny, who I think might have got an upgrade on on the mayor of Norwich status that he's uh, that he's acquired after his um, City Hall um, antics. Um, Chris, how, how about you? How have you found this this international break? I, I always find they drag on a little bit, but. Good news for Middlesbrough, I guess, or may, depends, I guess, on, on your outlook of this award. Neil Warnock, Manager of the Month, beating a, a certain Daniel Farker. You must be pretty pleased with that. I think it's 10 unbeaten for Borough now, isn't it? Yeah, 10 unbeaten. And like you say, obviously, I think quite a lot of fans were hoping that he wouldn't get it uh, previously. It's been a bit of a curse. So I woke up this morning and seeing the news and obviously I was happy. But then, you know, you're never too sure of that award. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sam, are, are you surprised Daniel Farker didn't win it? Quite glad that Daniel Farker didn't win it. Um, I'm not really. I, I I wasn't even aware of that. Um, to be honest, but I was. I think uh, to start off with, I was a bit surprised. Um, because obviously, well, I think we're top of the form table at the moment. So I just thought based off that. But then, um, when you look at the two squads, I think probably you would you could give it to Warnock that he's probably got more out of what he's got than what Farker has. Mm, absolutely. Um, Chris, that seems, a, 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 well, thanks, Sam. That seems a, a nice segue into speaking about Neil Warnock. He's, he's obviously come into Middlesbrough. He's, what, 70 plus years of age now, plenty of championship experience, and he seems to be doing it again at Middlesbrough, um, although it seems to be a quite a different management style we're seeing to him, maybe um, than, than we have in the past. Yeah, like you say, obviously he's coming. I think... Uh... Sort of the the well known thing now is he he always says it's going to be his last job and then he seems to get one more every time, and uh, yeah, obviously he kept us up last season and and this season has sort of been a little bit of a shock that we started so well. Obviously, Warnock's got a great record in the championship, but in the sort of with respect, we we don't really have a great squad and what he's done is pretty much unbelievable. Um, obviously. He keeps on mentioning in his press conferences. We've our squad's so thin, probably the complete opposite to to you guys. Um, but yeah, our squad's so thin, and to go ten unbeaten against obviously we we've actually played. I think it's four of the top six as well. So to get them results against those teams is is being fantastic. Mm, absolutely, I think if I'm right in saying that Norwich and Middlesbrough are the only teams in the division at the moment who have. Um, uh, two points per game record, which is obviously in current form anyway. Which is, or I think it's the last eight games, which is which is promotion form essentially, isn't it? And as as you say there, Chris, it's it's a different squad um, to to maybe what he's had at, at Cardiff and all of the other jobs before that. I'll, I'll 
be here all night if we list all of the jobs he's had. But in terms of it being, like you say, quite a thin squad, but also quite a young squad, it's full of a, a lot of young talent. Yeah, uh, the, he talks about the, the average age quite a lot, you know. Obviously, you'll know him very well. Johnny Alson's pretty much our senior player now. And uh, and apart from that, you, you know, there's a few sort of 27, 28-year-olds, but the rest are sort of, you, you know, the earlier sides of 20 and, and some even below that. Uh, we've got a few, you know, exciting young players. Obviously, we've got Patrick Roberts on loan as well. He was also at Norwich. Uh, and he, he hasn't actually featured as much as probably a lot of fans would have hoped for. But, yeah, like you say, the, it, it's a young squad. And despite Warnock having a bit of a reputation for having boring football or sort of basic football we've been playing some really good stuff mm, yeah I've I've heard um, one podcast say that if Pep Guardiola was playing the sort of football Neil Warnock was at Middlesbrough then uh, maybe maybe the reviews would be a bit more generous yeah. um, Sam let's 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 come to you and, and speak a little bit about Norwich it's October was uh, as, as we kind of said despite the a defeat from Derby a pretty positive month for Norwich seven unbeaten they sit third in the table things suddenly look a, a lot more rosy for Daniel Farker and his side. Yeah, I think quite a lot of people are feeling very positive. I think um, quite a lot of people still think we've got another gear to kick into. Um, I would say it's not really that we're waiting um, to do that yet. I think you saw that against Bristol, actually. And I think what it looks like is that the team has a bit of a knack to actually just to, to be stepping up to the level of the opposition that they're playing against, which is, I think, really encouraging. Mm, absolutely. Let's speak about that win against Swansea City. It was um, a really pivotal win for for a lot of reasons. Swansea were, were in a, a really good vein of form. But but like you said there, they weren't necessarily the best team in throughout periods of that game. They kind of had to manage it a little bit. And in the end, it was um, it was a very brave substitution from, from Daniel Farker that, that perhaps was the reason that Norwich City ended up winning the game. Yeah, a little bit of genius from him, actually. I was very confused when I saw him um, making those subs, but um, I think he explained it after the game, the sort of tactical thinking behind it. Um, and it was on another level of sort of his thinking, especially to put on two players who have barely played um, this season. And they obviously um, made the difference. I think Josh Martin a bit more tactically and Bally Mumbo a bit more uh, on the ball. Um, but yeah, it was really encouraging and really clever from Farker. I thought, I don't think anybody would have been able to work out what he was doing at the time, but um, yeah, it worked out well. And and again, we're talking about bravery of young players, aren't we? I mean, to have, to turn around to a bench and to have Alex Tetty, Jordan Hugill, um, Mario Vrancic was also on the bench, um, Adam Ida, who, okay, is young, but has, has been exposed to championship football this year and decide to bring on two players who have a combined total of four championship minutes between them in a game of that magnitude, he does deserve credit, especially when he has been criticised by some people for, for the nature of his substitutions. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, just just like what you said, really, uh, when he brought them on, I remember thinking, you know, Ranch, we got Ranchit, Hugel and Ida on the bench. Two of those aren't going to be coming on. Um, and I was thinking that's going to be a big problem. If we don't win this game, it's going to be a big problem for Farker to put an arm round whatever two of those miss out. I think in the end, none of them ended up coming on. But uh, the fact that we won the game was all that really mattered. So I think those three will still be, will be happy. And yeah, it's rosy all round, really. 
Yeah, absolutely. It does seem like uh, the, the group is a bit more together these days than perhaps it was after Project Restart. Um, Chris, let's 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 come to you on, on Middlesbrough's recent results, a nil-nil draw with, with Brentford, a nil-nil draw with, with Blackburn. Um, how how do you kind of review this stage of the season? You said there in terms of the calibre of opposition that, that Middlesbrough are playing. Are they, are they standing up to those tests quite nicely? Obviously, Norwich to come. Uh, there's been a few teams that have played Norwich recently that have kind of had that double header with Brentford and then Norwich. And it seems to be quite a good test for size to kind of see where they are at the moment. Uh, yeah, like you say, obviously the, the Brentford and the Blackburn games, I'd argue that we probably should have won both. You know, we, we more than matched them in every area and we had chances in both games. Definitely the Blackburn game. We had so many chances to win the game and how we didn't, I'm, I'm not quite sure. But like you say, we've, we've played four out of the top six currently now. And only Watford have beat us, which again, you could argue we probably could have got a, a point from. Uh, but yeah, we're just, at the moment, it, it, it seems to be whatever anyone throws at us, we, we match and we give them a good game regardless. And and that's that's quite a quiet thing, isn't it, about Middlesbrough this season? The fact they've they've only lost one game, which is which is really interesting. OK, you've, you've drawn six and, and again, maybe it... it sort of points towards what Neil Warnock does very well in terms of making teams very difficult to beat. It certainly looks like on, on paper, and obviously you'll have more of an insight on this than me, that although we're sort of talking about the young players and the Finn squad, fundamentally what Neil Warnock has done is, is, is made Millsborough very hard to beat. Yeah, you're right. We're a much, uh, obviously, last year wasn't a great season for us. And since he's come in, it, even towards the back end of last season, we were still shipping goals, but then, this season, it's all been changed. You know, we, I, I think the stat is we've only conceded one goal from open play in the league this season. And it, it, it's up there with some unbelievable teams sort of in the world. PSG, I think I've seen. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, we've just... So, we do struggle to score. That is probably our weakness. You know, the games we've won, it's, it's been 2-1 or 1-0. But but defensively we, we just look solid and we haven't been you know letting teams really dominate us. It's 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 always been sort of more us not scoring rather than them you know get a, getting a lucky blocks or things like that. And you know like like I said previously we, we've just been given as good as we've got really. Hmm. Sam, you've you've suggested that Norwich City perhaps have a have another gear to to go through or, or to go up into. Is that what you're looking at or for during the next sort of run of of games, starting with Middlesbrough, uh, a more fluid, cohesive performance, or, or ultimately are we still in the in the nature that Norwich City will will take results over performances at the moment? Well, I think you take results over performances any time, really. I think there's a lot of people concentrating on it and there's a lot of negativity around our performances. Um, but I think I, I, I think it's not necessarily that this approach isn't going to work or that we need to find another level. I think it's different to what we're used to with Farco, but I think the players are taking more risks. So we probably lose the ball more often. There's a lot more, um, there's a lot more frustration watching it as a fan. Um, but I think, and I wrote about it, I think people aren't necessarily, you know, if Buendia tries an unbelievable pass 10 times and it comes off twice, that's two great opportunities for us to score a goal. Um, but it does get frustrating watching us lose the ball eight times in the final third or whatever. 
So I don't think it's necessarily that our performances aren't quite there yet. It's just um, probably a different approach. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Do you, do you think a key to that is the variation that we've seen? I, I kind of think back to the, the Rotherham game um, at this, or after the, the other international break that, that we saw. Um, that was a very different sort of style of Norwich City lineup to perhaps the one they deployed against Birmingham and Wickham as well. Is it the case that almost they've got too much quality in, in these matches for teams, regardless of the way they set up against them. Yeah, maybe. And well, that's the the advantage you have when you have the sort of transfer window that we had. And um, I'm sure if it's not going well um, on Saturday, I'm sure we'll have, you know, we've got probably Hugo to come off the bench, Ida, Vrancic. Um, so eventually the quality does tell. Um I think that's been the difference in most of our wins this season, like the Rotherham one, like you uh, you said. And, and obviously before this game, it looks like EFL clubs are going to have a vote on, on whether or not to reintroduce the five substitutes rule, which of course Daniel Farquhar has been calling for and you have to say would massively benefit Norwich City with both the depth and quality they they have in their squad. I'm not sure if if, if Wickham Wanderers and, and, and teams of, of that ilk are necessarily as pleased about that, but we'll see if it gets gets voted through um uh, is it's happening sort of before after we're recording this so so let's see um chris before we talk about the game generally i want to speak a little bit about middlesbrough's life after premier league relegation because they're kind of uh, and I, I mean this with a lot of respect they're kind of um a sign of maybe how to get things a little bit wrong after relegation and perhaps how difficult it is to do what norris city are trying to do at the moment which is to get promoted again at the first attempt essentially yeah, obviously we got relegated from the Premier League and, and, and brought Gary Monk in, who ironically has obviously just been sacked from Sheffield Wednesday. Um, People need to stop giving him jobs, don't they? Well, yeah, I was I was just about to say, I'm sure there'll be plenty of happy Middlesbrough fans that he's been sacked yet again. Uh, but like I say, we, we brought Gary Monk in and, and, and spent an awful lot of money in the championship. And, and that year, I think everyone just assumed we'd go up with Wolves. And obviously the way it unfolded, there was a lot of off-the-pitch things to do with Monk and transfers that, that came out later on. And and what we should have done is is probably similar to your approach where, you know, I've, I've always looked at Norwich as a team that since uh, Daniel Farker and, and Stuart Webber come in, do their transfer business properly and don't sort of throw money at it and, and just hope things happen. And obviously since then, Pulis come in, which was another short-term appointment. And yeah, he got us in and around the playoffs, but the football was terrible and it, it never really felt like we were going to get promoted. And then obviously last season, uh, Jonathan Woodgate come in and, and the less said about that, the better. I mean, we've become a bit of a laughing stock last season. And yeah, like I say, it, it wasn't a good season at all. I, and up until the point, obviously, where Neil Warnock come in, I, I thought it was going to be another relegation, if I'm totally honest. Yeah, Neil, I, I think everyone saw Neil Warnock um, get appointed as, as Middlesbrough manager and, and sort of sat back and go, well, that's them staying up then. He kind of has that impact, doesn't he? But in terms of the managerial appointments you've kind of listed there, Gary Monk, Tony Pulis, Jonathan Woodgate, and then Neil Warnock, it does feel like this is a club that, is maybe wrestling a little bit with the direction it wants to go in. Does it want to play pragmatic or, or attractive football? Is that kind of a, I don't know, has, has there been a little bit of an identity crisis after relegation, do you think, in, in, at Middlesbrough? Maybe a, 
a, a club trying to find out exactly where it wants to go and who it wants to be in terms of long term? I think you're absolutely right. Obviously, with Monk, he, he was sort of, after the job he'd done at Leeds, he was sort of deemed as this exciting young manager. And obviously, that went wrong. And then Steve Gibson quickly scrambled and thought, well, I've spent this amount of money. We need a quick fix. Pulis come in, as as you say, and, and it didn't really work out. And then we went back to square one with Woodgate and there was sort of, uh, an outpour of, of PR spin that it was going to be, um, you know, the local lad and he'd worked in the academy and knew all the young players and it was start of something fresh and obviously it didn't quite unfold like that and it was a, a very disappointing reign as manager, probably up there with the worst we've had and then, like you say again, it, it's back to the, the tried and tested and, and Warnock's coming and as as much as yes, he is seventy years old and he's been there and done it. I think it got to the stage last season where Middlesbrough fans just wanted a bit of hope because it, it like I say, it, it looked like it was a team that was going to get relegated. What two years after getting relegated from the Premier League and spending all that money, and yeah, I think identity crisis is, is spot on really a lot of fans have been crying out for years to go with a, a more sort of Norwich and, and Brentford like approach and, and, and using scouting and, and recruitment and having a director of football as a base of something to build off and we've just never really got that um, but at least now with with Warnock we, there's a bit of hope building again and you, you can sort of sense that around around Middlesbrough Mm, that's 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 really interesting, Sam. Does it does listening to that sort of lay out the the I guess the difficulty of of what Norwich City are trying to do this season in terms of bounce back at the first attempt? Because the the re, the reality behind sort of those figures is it's more likely that Norwich City stay in the Championship for another season than than go up if you're judging it on on the last decade or so. Yeah, I think I was surprised. I think a lot of Norwich fans were surprised at the start of the season when you actually look at the stats of how easy it is to come back up um, automatically. Um, and it was worrying. Um, I think the recruitment, we've probably gone halfway between sort of what we did last time we got promoted and what Middlesbrough did um, when they got relegated. Um, I think maybe I would question if the right approach was to do that or if we could have done that in the Premier League. I mean, I know with uh, everything that's happened since, it's obviously looking like what we did was quite smart, but um, yeah, you just wonder with us investing the amount that we did uh, now, if we could have done that at a better point in terms of staying in the Premier League rather than trying to bounce back when it actually looks so hard. And you look at teams like Middlesbrough and you think why uh, it's it's difficult to understand the rationale behind putting your eggs in that basket when we already got ourselves up. And we didn't make that investment at that point. Mm, absolutely. What, what have you made of, of the of the new recruits? We're going to speak about Ben Gibson and, and Jordan Hugel specifically in a moment. I'll, I'll throw them their names at, at Chris. But but overall, the sort of impact they've had generally. Um, what? How do you sort of assess the recruitment at this stage of the season? It's always a dangerous thing to do, I know. But um, those additions that Norwich City have added on the whole look to have significantly strengthened them. Yeah, there's been a lot that I've been really impressed with, I think, Sorensen, even though he's not really played in his proper position yet, has really impressed me. 
uh, Quintilla as well. Um, and I said we'll come on to Hugo, but I've probably been most disappointed with him. I think he's still probably, we're still waiting for him to sort of find his role um, in the team. Um, but most of them I'm really pleased. I think Ballymumba, especially I watched him in that that loose and cup game and I was hoping he was going to be more involved than he has been so far. So I was really pleased that he um, got a chance to show what he's about and he really did show what he, 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 did show what he was about um, when he came on against Swansea. So, yeah, so far I'm really pleased with, with most of them. I think Placetta is maybe the one I'm still sort of yet to decide about. I can really see the promising aspects to him and why they've signed him. Um, but he's not quite there yet. Um, so that's the one I would, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about. But apart from that, I've been really pleased with most of them. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of rawness to, to Pachetta's game, isn't there? It's, uh, it was good to see him putting a really good performance for Poland against the Ukraine. I watched that game, actually, and I'm not sure if you can class it as an assist if um, a Croft is hits the post and the player taps it in afterwards, but we'll give it to him. Of course, he, he got to stay with the Poland team, so that's good news. Um, Chris, as as Sam alluded to, as I alluded to as well, there's a there's a, a Middlesbrough core to this Norwich City side at the moment. Ben Gibson, Jordan Hugill. Um, w- when you hear those names, what are, what are your thoughts? I guess Ben Gibson in particular is someone that Middlesbrough fans look at with with real fondness. Yeah, Ben Gibson. Obviously, he, he's a local lad. He was part of the promotion winning team, and that sort of the few current years, which is being arguably our most successful over the the past few years. And uh you know Ben Ben Gibson he, he got his he's moved to Burnley and a lot of Middlesbrough fans wished him well and then for whatever reason it just didn't work out at all. And since then he's been linked probably every transfer window with a loan move back. And at the back end of last season he was still doing a uh, training with us. Um, so I, I think the belief probably going into this summer was there's a real chance that we could get him back on loan. Obviously that didn't uh, pan out the way we'd all hoped, but you know he's 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 moved to Norwich was was probably something that was quite um, it's it's hard to put into words. Uh, Middlesbrough, I'll put it this way: Middlesbrough fans weren't, you know, as annoyed as say he'd gone to other teams in the championship you know Norwich are a good club and have a real chance of getting promoted this season so I think the the chance of him to play and sort of get back to his best is is what Middlesbrough fans will have hoped for obviously if he wasn't going to come back to Middlesbrough and then uh, Jordan Hugel's an interesting one um, again the local lads uh, come back on loan uh, under Pulis and I, I think the problem that I saw personally was he, he was almost trying too hard. I think the, the local lad uh, tag that he had on his head um, almost uh, made him, you know, do things that he probably wouldn't have playing for another club, you know, diving into tackles. And there was a bit of a time during that season, I remember, where he, he was just on the floor a lot. A lot in games, diving and, and trying to win penalties and, and things like that. And don't get me wrong, he's he is a handful up front. He, I think he scored six goals for us in the league that season, and it wasn't a bad return considering the lack of goals we scored. But yeah, I'm I'm again happy to see him doing all right. I'm I'm not sure about the the price tag that obviously 
uh, you paid for him and, and I've seen that he hasn't really been playing an awful lot. But yeah, Jordan Eugle, again, haven't really got anything too bad to say about him. Let's let's um let's speak about on on the flip side, Johnny House and you, you referenced him earlier in terms of being one of Middlesbrough's more senior players. He obviously enjoyed a, a really good time with Norwich City on the whole, really popular character down at, at, at Carroll Road. Um has he Im- improved, I guess, un- under Neil Warnock? Have you seen a marked improvement in terms of his game? He, he seems to be someone who, um, certainly for Norwich at least, was was fairly consistent in terms of the quality of his performances. But I think a, a few Norwich fans were were shocked to see him as he has done. I don't know if it was under Pulis or, or Woodgate. I'm sure you'll be able to step in, play as a as a as a centre back and a full back and and all over the place really. When when to Norwich fans, he he seemed um, a, a central midfielder. Is he as he moved back there under Warnock now? Yeah, to be honest, I've had to eat my words a little bit on Johnny Elson because I remember the first season, uh, especially under Monk, when he when he come in and obviously got these brilliant reviews from Norwich fans and everywhere else he'd been. And it, it just didn't seem to click for him for whatever reason. You know, obviously, it, he'd been at Norwich for quite a long time and I don't know if it was just a case of him settling in, but it, it just couldn't seem to click. And then over the past, sort of, since Pulis come in, it, it slowly got better. And then last year, uh, under Woodgate, as you say, he, he was moved back to centre-half because of really just an, an injury crisis and one player of the season playing in defence. And then ever since then, he's, he he really is now a fan favourite. You know, he's, he's literally probably played in every position on the pitch, bar in, in goal, which I'm sure he'd probably give a good go if he was given the chance. Um, but yeah, as as you say, since Warnock's come in, he's, he's moved back into that sort of traditional role that Norwich fans are probably more used to in playing in midfield, sort of uh, maybe he's a little bit uh, more defensive orientated and he's been outstanding this season. Uh, every game is a seven or an eight from him. He's, you know, obviously a massive fan favourite now. Yeah, and, and he, he certainly enjoyed a very good spell with, with Norwich City. Sam, let's um, let's look ahead to, to this game. It's, it's going to be a very difficult game for Norwich City. They, they're going to come across a, a Neil Warnock side, which is a difficult proposition, I think, for any club at any stage in, in a season. If you're Daniel Farker, how do you look to, to approach this one? Is it just kind of hoping that you can you can play through them as, as they have tried to done against teams that have maybe tried to, to set up fairly defensively against them so far this season? I think it's probably just give it to Buendia and see what he can do, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I think well, there's definitely not going to be a lot of goals in it. Um, although I said there would be about Swansea and then there was 1-0. Um, but I think, well, it's just the same story really, isn't it? There's a lot of teams just sitting back um, against us. The thing that worries me is um, the the Millwall game. I think that was the only time we've come up against a real quality side that that decided to do that. And obviously we couldn't um, find a goal. I wonder if Hugo will have a bit of a part to play in it. Um, if we could, if we can use the wide areas um, a bit better, um, but then a, a low a low block against a player. I would say our our only real proper winger that's going to get balls in is probably Pachetta. Um And against a low block, I don't see him being able to properly use his pace. Hopefully, Quintilla will be back, and that'll be that'll give us a, definitely a different dimension. Um, but in terms of, I don't see Hugo starting, and for the first sixty-five minutes or whatever, I definitely don't see Pookie getting his head on the end of crosses ahead of the Middlesbrough um, defence. So I, th- 
I think Middlesbrough setup actually does worry me a little bit, um, and it'll be interesting to see how Farker tries to combat it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in in terms of set pieces and Daniel Farker's obviously been very vocal in how Norwich haven't conceded from from a set piece um, unless you're including Wayne Rooney's free kick so up to you I, I kind of take it when he says that to mean corners um, because obviously that was a massive issue in the Premier League last year hasn't necessarily been as much of a, an issue this year but you expect that to maybe be an area where where they're tested yeah probably well that's probably uh, I haven't watched too much of Middlesbrough but I'd imagine that's where a lot of their sort of creativity and where their chances come from. Um, I still don't think we're quite at it attacking-wise. And um, given Middlesbrough have only conceded one um, in open play, as Chris said earlier, I would worry about that because I don't really see us as much of a threat from that sort of situation. But defensively, I think that we've definitely improved on that a lot. Um, and that's probably down to signing um, Gibson. So... I wouldn't worry about that too much from a defensive point of view, um, but I would uh, attack-wise. Interesting, um, Chris. I'm, I'm going to ask you a, a question that we always ask our, our opposition fans when they when they when they uh, when they come on. I ask you to put on Daniel Farker's uh, lovely coat and and um, talk us through how, if if you were him, you would approach this game and and which areas you'd look to exploit if you were if you were him ahead of ahead of this weekend's game. Um, I think obviously it, it's well known how much quality you have going forward. You know, Emmy Buendia is a player that the whole of the league and probably the Premier League is knows how good he is on the ball and how creative he can be. And you know, from from open play, we've we haven't like conceded um, a lot of goals as I as I mentioned. Um, it it really is a difficult one because. We've we've conceded such few goals, um, you know, set pieces. I would say we're quite strong with, um, um, probably pace. I think is is one issue that maybe we lack a little bit. Um, a main concern for me is that Paddy McNair went off injured for Ireland last night. And he's also, uh, as I mentioned, with House and probably being up there with the best players this season. So Paddy McNair in defence, if he is injured, it'll probably be Grant Hall that plays and he's just come back from an injury and he really does struggle with players in behind and, and pace and, and things like that. So if Paddy McNair isn't playing, definitely passes in behind, you know, creativity from Buendia, as I mentioned, and, and the pace aspect, uh, obviously you've you said about Plachetta as well. He's very quick from what I've heard. Um, but yeah, prob- probably pace, I, I would say. Mm. In- interesting. Um, Chris, finally, how do you see this game going? And of course, the, the dreaded score prediction, I'm, I'm afraid. What are you going for in terms of a scoreline? Um, I-, I-, I thought about this earlier and I initially said 1-1. And then I did see that Norwich are having a little bit of an injury crisis. Currently, is that correct? There's there's always an injury crisis at, at Norwich City, yeah. my friend. Yeah, um, I, I've seen a lot of injuries. And then I thought, well, you know, maybe we can nick another win. And then <laughs> Neil Warnock got manager of the month, so it, it could be final at Norwich, you know, the, the <laughs> that award. Um, but I think overall I'll go, and I would be happy with 
uh, a one-one draw. I think Norwich are a really good side, and obviously they'll they'll be there or thereabouts this season. So yeah, one-one would do me now probably. Interesting, Sam. Same question for you. How do you, how do you see this game going? And and uh, what's your score prediction? I'm hoping you're going to be a bit more optimistic from a Norwich sense than perhaps some of the Norwich fans we've had on so far this season. I was going to go with a boring one-one as well. Actually, um, I don't think I don't see there being uh, a lot of goals. I think Middlesbrough's start to the season makes me think that we're probably going to concede, um, but it doesn't look like they're able to score more than two in a game. So. I don't see us scoring more than one. I don't see them scoring more than one, but I see both teams probably conceding. So that's why I'd go for that. I don't think it's going to be a great game. Um, but yeah, 1-1 is what I'd go for as well. Interesting. You're both sitting on, on the fence. I'm, I'm not sure if I'll join you or not. Um, I, I, I think you probably both call it right. I think it will be a, a, a tight game, but we shall see. Um, Chris, Sam, thank you very much for, for joining me. Thank you all very much. For watching, make sure you, you head over to pinkin.com, of course, for all the latest Norwich City news and views. Paddy and Dave will be at the Riverside Stadium for this one. So, of course, pinkin.com to follow the action, get the reaction from Daniel Farker. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I hope you all stay in safe and well. These are obviously very difficult times, but um, hopefully Norwich City can give... Uh, give you guys some some light relief not chris obviously but um <laughs> but i'm sure his, his relief will come in weeks to come fingers crossed for another good performance fingers crossed for another good result and we'll see you again very very soon